Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment, where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. You tired today? I am. (laughs) It's only Tuesday. I know, girl. I know. (laughs) But it also is Mercury in retrograde, so (sighs) the beginning the beginning. beginning of it. The beginning stages. I, it, I've just been doing a lot of energetic, a lot of energy work. Yeah. And I say energy work in not the sense of like spirituality, but like oh, with my kids, like we're doing homeschooling and oh yeah, 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 we're doing all of that. And so I'm really lucky that I have the opportunity to like do this with them. Yeah. So... I feel really fortunate, but it's, it's just a, it's a lot of energy. Totally, man. I think in general, just like, I, I don't know, like I've been exhausted lately, Yeah. but I'm feeling pretty good today. I went to the chiropractor and he cracked the shit out of my back and my neck, cracked it so good, man. Oh my God. I was screaming. <laughs> Like, oh my screaming? God. I was screaming like I just I was like, what the because <laughs> it well, was that's good. It was so la- I don't understand how you can be a chiropractor and crack someone's neck like like the way that they do and like, not break think, your neck and not think that you're gonna kill somebody. Like, and I don't understand how I just put my neck in someone's hands and just like, yeah, just twist my head around at a sharp speed. Go for it. Sure. I hope everything turns out well. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, we're just going <laughs> to. Yeah, it does feel good, though. It does feel good. Oh, my God. It feels so good. So good to get back into alignment. And then he's like, I went to him for my hip. And he's like, I was like, yeah, I think I just did something to it. He's like, no, it's been like this for a long time. I was like, why? He's like, I was like, how do you know that? He's like, because on your upper back, one side of it is like completely like strong and built up. And the other side is like nothing. And he's like, and it all starts from the bottom. That's tough times. I'm like, oh, shit. But anyway, you know, what's up? No, no, I was just laughing. When uh when we were when I when we Jesus Christ. When I worked at the chiropractic office, um, I did physical therapy in there. And there's like this whole thought process that physical some physical therapists can do adjustments, which are manipulations. Yeah. And I remember a patient came in and he's like, I only want to see a physical therapist. And I was the only one there, I'm the assistant. And in the state of Virginia, there are regulations. But anyway, you can do manipulations to patients in the state of Virginia. And I remember standing over him with his, not his neck, but it was his middle back. And I was supposed to manipulate it like the chiropractors do. And I just called in the doctor and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And he's like, don't do this shit. (laughs) And he had to like walk me through which vertebrae to push and all of this. And I was like, 
God, I hope this person never comes back ever because <laughs> I am not comfortable with this situation. I even told the patient, like, he's probably the one you want to see for this, not really me. Yeah, totally. Well, that's on me. Yeah, they're, they're good. Actually, what was really cool, though, was I went to this chiropractor and he was like, as he's cracking my neck in half, he's like, so what do you do? Because I'd never seen this one before. I hadn't been in the chiropractor in like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I have a podcast and it's spiritual. And suddenly he's like holding my head and he stops. And he's like, really? I was like, yeah. Like, I'm thinking like, why are you spiritual, dude? Like, what's up? And I, he's like, what else do you do? I'm like, yeah, we do this. We do that. You know, I'm telling him about all the woo-woo stuff. And he was like, oh, he's like, my wife, she is a sp-. And, and he's like, you have to meet her. You have to meet her. Like, she just started her spiritual podcast and you know, she, she, and, and it was, it was really cool. It was like, um, I don't know. It just felt like that like synchronistic moment of like, oh my God, like my wife needs to know you because like she's trying to do what you're doing. And that was really cool. So anyway, I felt like he even took a little extra good care of my neck after that. I bet he did. He's like, "Uh uh-oh, this is one of my wife's movies. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Anyway. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about money. Money, 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 money. Are we on sync? Yeah, we are. Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, we're talking about money today. I mean, this topic comes up like what, what, like once every couple months. I feel like we have this once conversation every Mercury retrograde. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, probably. Probably once. though. <laughs> yeah, today we are talking about money and. And we're, we're really like talking about the idea of, you know, can you make a lot of money and still be spiritual? Is that a spiritual thing to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and why or why not? Because in this community that we're in, there's, there is a lot of kind of thought that both you and I, Ambrosia, have also, you know, taken part in at many times mm-hmm. in our past of, you know, if you're spiritual, you're just about helping people. Like you just help people because you want to. And money is, you know, quote, the root of all evil. So money and spirituality don't go together, right? Yeah. Or helping people and money don't go together. If you're really spiritual, then you don't charge for your services. Right. And actually, it's funny because I was doing a TikTok live like a couple weeks ago. And I was just talking and I was talking to that, the people that were watching about, I don't know, about, about oh, starting your business, starting your business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we were talking about money and we were having this conversation and, you know, people were commenting back about the kind of spirituality, money preconception. And um, I was talking about how, like, you know, no, it's like, I think it's really important to be able to value yourself at a high level and, you know, and be spiritual and make money. It's important. And somebody was like, yeah, but those coaches who charge thousands of dollars, though. And I'm like, what about them? Like, what? Like, what's wrong? Here's the thing is like, why does, even if you have a problem with it, what is the harm in somebody who's valuing themselves at a high level doing so? You're mm-hmm. not forced to partake in what they're offering. You're not forced to 
you know, engage in that or support that if you don't want to. If you want to stay where you are, that's totally fine. But what's wrong with other people deciding, you know what, I do want more for myself. I do want to have a certain amount of money. I do want to charge at a high level. That just means that they're valuing themselves at a higher level. And what's wrong with that? I think that the issue is it really triggers people's money wounds when Mm -hmm. they see people doing that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I agree. And I think the idea in itself of people making a lot of money in any profession triggers people. Yeah. Um, Think about lawyers. Like what kind of stereotype do they have? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, You think Heartless. Heartless, liars, like things like that. Yeah. Um, And that has not been my experience with lawyers, but everybody's different. So um, you think about stereotypical jobs that make a lot of money and that's the salespeople, that's the association with it is that you're not truthful and who the idea is who created this? Mm-hmm. For me, my question is, who started saying this? Because I very much doubt that it was the people that are trying to achieve this. It feels like it was the people that already had it that like wants to keep everybody else down, you know? Totally. Just a conspiracy theory. <laughs> no, totally. I think about that all the time. I'm like, who are the people that are, yeah, like saying, like perpetuating these ideas? It's the people that actually weirdly already have the money and are living in this yeah. like very luxurious way, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, oh, I was going to say something about this. I mean, I know that I, I used to always, when I was younger, I used to always, okay, I had a lot of worthiness wounds when I was younger, so many. And I remember feeling like, well, I'll never have that right? I'll never be able to have this much money. I'll never be able to have wealth like that. I'll never, and I was like envious and jealous and pissed. Like it makes sense. Like you're resentful when you feel like something's being dangled in your face that you can't have. Like totally. Um, And as a result, I remember judging so hardcore people like in Hollywood or successful people. I mean, I lived in L.A. and I judged the hell out of the people that I was like interviewing on the red carpet. You know what I mean? And um, and all that did was keep me farther away from what I deeply actually wanted, which was to feel secure, which was to feel abundant, which was to feel Mm -hmm. playful. I mean, really, that's what money is, right? It's. At, at the core, I mean, when I've had my most amount of money, like the times when I've been most financially abundant, I've actually been the most playful. I, yep. I've been the most like, ooh, and actually, oh my God, I love this. I love this part of talking about like abundance and finances. So actually, in the time, in my, in my highest profiting months in my business, I have actually spent way more money Mm-hmm. than ever before on other people's businesses. Yeah. On supporting other people, on coaches, on small businesses, on putting money back into the economy because I felt so abundant and so playful and so like, ooh, okay, let's create here. Let me put money towards the things that I want to create towards towards people I want to support. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting that there's this negative idea about 
people who make a lot of money being greedy or not being good or cold hearted when in actuality, like what I've experienced from it is I actually feel the most generous that I've ever felt. Oh my God, in my best months, I would go to like my nail salon and literally tip them like way, like a hundred percent because I could and because it Mm -hmm. felt good, you know? So I really do think that there is, I really do want to be someone in my life when people like, you know, after I pass, if anyone ever talks about me and talks about me and you, I really hope that we are people that they reference as being people who help change this idea about money being this bad thing or about valuing yourself. Because I really think it holds so many people back. You know, I know it held me back for most of my life until I was finally willing to confront these limiting beliefs about money when in actuality, money is just energy. That's all it is. And that's, that's the thing with not charging for what your services are rendering. Undercharging yourself or not charging at all, you're basically <clears throat> creating stagnation in the energy and you're also creating more lack, which is really a fascinating thing to think about is the idea of not charging for what you believe you're worth or maybe you don't believe you're worth worth enough and you're charging what you think is appropriate, right? But you're definitely undervaluing yourself. We've seen this a lot with people. You're creating more lack and more stagnation. Mm -hmm. It's not, you're not benefiting yourself. You're not helping yourself and you're not helping other people. Mm -hmm. You're really not because it's been my, my experience that when people don't pay for something, they don't value it as much. Because we do put value on money. You live in a 3D world. Just is what it is. Yeah. And so to play the 3D world um, appropriately and to, you came here to be human. So to be human, you really need to create wealth for yourself, whether that is, you know, getting out of debt, whether that is creating more freedom. I have never felt more free than when I, when I was making a good amount of money. I felt free. I felt like anything's possible. Like you said, I felt like I could, there was way more fun and there is way more um, giving away of like, like just feeling abundant where I can, oh yeah, I could spend money on this. Oh yeah, I could spend money on that. Oh yeah, I could help this person here. And that for me was riveting. That for me was so eye-opening. I loved it. I love the idea that, and this takes me into another topic. I love the idea that, um, I don't know if a lot of people that are listening or watching have heard my backstory, but I grew up without money. Like, like my mom worked three jobs. She was a single mom. Um, it was me, my sister and my mom, my sister's 13 years older than me. Um, my mother had a lot of money, but she didn't do it legally. So she got divorced, lost every, everything. Um, and basically raised me and my sister helped out with no money to the point to where like growing up food was not a thing. There would be many, many times where we couldn't eat 
There would be, um, when I was 16, we were homeless, um, like living in our car, homeless, helping living with our friends. I would ask my friends to go over to their house to shower. Like when I say no money, I am not exaggerating. I mean, no money. And so to change that was, is super eye-opening for me because it's still a work in progress because I'm human and I'm going to be still experiencing these things. But I think what the most eye-opening piece was this was when I was working with Julia Phoenix on my inner childhood stuff. And we were working in a memory. I was about three years old. And she asked me to go into the pantry. And I didn't think anything about it at the time. And I had gone into the pantry. There was no food in the pantry. None. And what occurred to me after that was, how the hell are you going to create wealth for yourself when a basic need is not, was not met for you as a child? You're always in survival mode. You're always in struggle and wanting to, wanting to do this, but you never have enough, right? And so how do you get out of that mindset of struggling, just trying to survive, just trying to get by? And the answer is it takes time and you really have to allow yourself to heal. You really have to allow yourself, you have to reparent yourself to understand that you're not that little kid. Mm. And so for me, what I've noticed with like working with people privately and together is that if people's basic needs are not met as children, housing, food, and safety, those are the three like basic needs we need as human beings. If one of those needs are not met, you will have a very difficult time creating money because money is, is not a necessity, right? Like, we need food. We need somewhere to live. And sometimes when we're adults, we don't put the pieces together that if we had the money, then we would have the other things. Logically, we understand this, but subconsciously, what it dives into is worthiness. Well, you're not worth the extra pair of shoes because you should still be struggling to get food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And so logically we understand, well, that doesn't make sense, but subconsciously it's a subconscious program that keeps running in the background. And then you feel bad about yourself and you feel guilty for buying the shoes and, or you don't buy them at all. You feel guilty for spending money on a coach or you don't do it at all. And so you just create this loop and you just stay in your safe pattern, which is Mm. lack and self-deprecation. Hmm. Totally. Yeah. Thanks for painting that picture. Because I think a lot of people listening can probably relate to that and realizing that like a lot of the times too, our, our limiting beliefs are in our, and our programs, they're there to keep us safe, right? Like, mm-hmm. and they're there to keep us, well, they're there to keep us in a version of safe, in a, a safe that we are familiar with. Even Mm -hmm. if it's no longer serving us anymore. It's just if we don't go back and clear up those programs, they just keep running and running and running. And to a lot of people, what safety is, is actually just what's familiar. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's actually safe or good or that they're thriving or secure. It means like, 
oh, like you said, oh, well, it feels comfortable for me to always be worrying about money. That feels like safe to me. Like to always be worrying about money in terms of security, right? In because terms of paying my rent. Because that's what you've known for so long. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, wow, there's so many comments. Hi, everybody. <sighs> okay. And so, um, hold on. I did want to read a comment from Alyssa. Oh, love you. Hold on. Let me Let me read people's comments. There's a lot. So Alyssa said, I love, okay, hold on. No, Rayanne says, how do you start though? I don't want to give services away, but I also feel like a beginner and don't want people to waste their money if I make mistakes. I also worry if I do practice for people will grow to, if I do practice for free, people will grow to expect that and I don't want that either. Right. So you charge a lower amount and you understand that you're going to make mistakes and you forgive yourself ahead of time and during the mistake. It doesn't mean if you, Rihanna, if you don't even try, then you're always going to be wondering. And also that fear, that's just, again, that's just kind of like a limiting belief, self-sabotage technique to keep you, quote unquote, safe, to keep you in your little box, right? Because again, that's what you know. And it's like, well, I don't love being in this place, but at least I know what it's like. I don't know what it's like to go out there and potentially, quote unquote, fail or, you know, mess up or, you know, our our fears, like, like I said, are designed to kind of keep us in our little box. And so... At some point, you have to decide, do I want to continue living this life where I'm constantly, you know, afraid of money, insecure, don't feel like I'm able to live the way I want, right? Mm -hmm. Don't feel like I'm able to create the impact that I want, right? Um, Or do I want to do it? Do I want to do the thing? And really, that is the most important part in change in 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 changing this money story and in creating this new life is saying i don't know maybe you don't know how yet but just agreeing and being willing to say i'm going to fight through the un- discomfort i'm willing to make changes right yeah. because it's not going to be comfortable it's definitely yeah. not going to be comfortable um i had this come up today with a a client actually and it was the, <clears throat> the sabotage came up in the form of, I'm just exhausted. Mm-hmm. You're uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? And you can be exhausted and uncomfortable. And I think the big misconception that people do, I think a lot of the times people are like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And if they're not okay, then we freak out, right? And we reach, reach for whatever coping strategy we have. And sometimes that's a really bad one and sometimes it's fine, but it creates this pattern because we think we have to be okay all the time because when we get hurt as little kids, you're okay, you're all right. No, you're not okay. And that's fine. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be shitting yourself because you don't know what to do next. It's okay to be sad. These emotions are not bad emotions. But we are so brainwashed in our society to think that we have to be okay and we have to be happy all the damn time. And that's not true because I don't know one person that's happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it goes back to what we've always talked about on this podcast, which is just being human. 
You didn't yeah. come here for everything to be perfect or to be happy all the time. You came here to be human and experience human things. And part of being human is falling down and getting back up again. And that, to your point, Ambie, is what everybody is so afraid to experience. Yeah. They're like, I don't want to do the thing because I don't want to fall. But you're going to fall. Like, you're already falling if you're not yes. happy. Yes. You're, you have fallen. You just have not yeah. gotten back up yet. And so, you know, Ambie and I recently, we alluded to this on a podcast episode. We, we just had a big fall together. It was huge. Yeah. It was so big. It, it was literally mind-blowing. How- it's literally one of the things that could have broken us. Mm-hmm. That we could have said, well, we're going to pack this whole thing in. <laughs> And we're just not going to do this shit anymore. And we're just going to keep playing small and we're going to go back to what we were doing before. Mm-hmm. But Alexa and I are not like that. We are different. And that is what sets not better, not worse. We are different. That's what sets us apart from other people is that we decide we're going to stand back up and we're going to try it again. And maybe we'll fall again and maybe it'll hurt. Well, but it's better than for me. It's better than living with regret. Oh, we'll definitely fall again. I mean, we'll, we'll absolutely fall again. But here's the thing is that I think the difference between us, Ambie, is that like what or what you're alluding to is that we actually have now been practiced at falling down and getting back up. And we've made a commitment to our vision and said, yeah, mm-hmm. we're totally like we have a big goal. And so on our way to that, we're definitely going to fall down and we're going to have to learn stuff. And that's that's. That is what you um, agree to when you are trying to accomplish something, right? It's just mm-hmm. part of the journey. But I think that that's a big thing too is for us to stand here and say, look, we just fell down really, really, really hard and we got back up pretty quickly and it's okay. Like we're okay, you know, and we're actually now we have even bigger goals and we have even more that we want to create because that's what happens when you fall down is, yeah, you're sad for a little bit. Yeah, you get hurt a little bit, but you know what? You, you dust yourself off, you stand back up and then you go, okay, and you have even more determinism. And so if we can impart anything to you, it's that falling down isn't so bad. It's really not. And once you get back up too, you show yourself how resilient you are. You mm-hmm. show you, and then that makes you realize you can do anything. That nothing can really take you down cuz you're still standing, you're still breathing, you're still living, you know, you still have so much more to do. Um let's see. <laughs> so Carrie Ann says, "So glad you didn't give up. Love listening to you both." Oh, thank you. Um let's see. Thanks, Carrie Rachel says, I think if you have a lot of money, what is important is what you do with it. Do you donate to charities and help those in need or do you spend it all on yourself and laugh and laugh at those in need? Fine line. Well, why does it have to be one or the other? That would be my response is why can't you do both? Mm-hmm. Maybe not laugh at those in need, right? Yeah. But um, why can't you spend it on yourself? Mm-hmm. Like that goes back into the valuing, the thinking that you're not worth it. I want a Tesla. That's an, <laughs> yeah. that's an eighty to one hundred thousand dollar car. I will get a Tesla before I die, but I also want to do things for for people. I want to change my family's legacy. So I don't. I don't think it needs to be you're a selfish dick if you're not helping everybody in need, yeah. or you're donating all of your your resources so you don't have any for yourself. That's a very black or white view. 
I think it should be both. Or, and, and, or, and, or. Okay. What if you could change the perception of spending money on yourself, right? Right. What if that actually is giving back to the world, right? For example. A Tesla is giving back because they're, they don't run on gas. I just want to (laughs) say. Well, okay. Let's, let's say like. Okay, let's say you spend money, for example, on your hair and your makeup and your wardrobe, right? But why are you doing that? Let's say you're you're a change maker and you're a light worker. So why are you doing that? Because you want to feel your best. Why? Because you have a big mission. You want to go out there and light people up. And how are you going to do that if you're not feeling good about yourself? How are you going to do that if you're feeling you're you're not taking care of yourself? Mm. My favorite teachers are the ones who I see out there thriving because they are so secure. They are so strong in themselves. They are so relaxed, right? Because they've created Mm -hmm. this abundant lifestyle that they have this vibration that draws me in and they are able to speak and stay in their power and transmit information to me that changes my life. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like, I don't think that people are valuing that. They're not looking at how that's happening on the back end and that that's a whole part of how this teacher shows up to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I just think in general, what we have to start thinking about is, you know, really how money actually helps the world go round right now right now and how money is actually a beautiful tool that can be utilized to help bring beautiful things to the world and I think Ambrosia and I both we have you know when we are in our most abundant phase what do we do like what I think of is we the Sedona retreat when we Mm -hmm. were like okay what do we want to do create the most magical experience in Sedona for you know 13 women or whatever and we found this house that we were like this is gorgeous. Incredible. And we look at the how to rent the house and there was only one weekend available on the whole year. Whole year. Left. Yeah. And it was the one we wanted to rent for the retreat that we had already had in mind. It was like a sign that was like, this is for you. Mm-hmm. And we look and it says, all right, in order to reserve the house, you have to pay half of it down now. And this is a mansion. You guys, like this is so a very- $10,000 for the so, week, so for and- the four days or something. Yeah, so Ambie and I are like, oh my God, we need this house, but like, what are we going to, you know, we like, we have to, this is, we have to bring this to life. Mm-hmm. And uh, we look in the bank account and we, turns out, it, we had like almost that much in our bank account at the time, in our business bank account. And then we added some from our personals and we were like, you yeah. know what? We're like, let's make it happen because the vision to us was the most important thing. It didn't matter what happened after that. It mattered that we were creating something beautiful to create an amazing experience for people. And yes, did we end up profiting? Then we got on a roll. But then we went on a roll, like, because then once that happened, we were like, oh, we could bring this person in and that's going to cost money to pay them. Yeah. We can bring this person oh, in yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. going to cost money to pay them. And then we could do this and that'll cost money. And we could do this and that'll cost money. All because we wanted to create a certain experience for these people to change their life. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, it was 
it was really important to us to have the right food, to have the right people attend, to have the right speakers attend. And so I feel like that that was money well spent. And like you said, it impacts the, you know, these people. And I think it's a beautiful thing. And that might be the only retreat that some of them go to ever. So yeah. and it, I'm excited. I, and it was by far like, I love that experience head to toe. I yeah. oh, love it. Um, and I'm so, yeah, money well spent. Like I, I, every single thing we invested in, even, we went over budget and I didn't even care. We went over budget. I didn't yeah. even care. I was so happy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so this is just to say, um, when you have a vision, when you have a big vision for like what you want to give in the world and how you want to impact the world, that's going to require money. That's going to require you to open up to receive money, to make, have a better relationship with money so that you can, like I said in the beginning, just push it right back out. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> Ambrosia and I are taking on some new coaching clients. And um, we... <laughs> with the it's, sun. No, it's beautiful. The sun is gracing you. It's lighting you like an angel. So we are taking on three coaching clients uh, starting now, but these coaching clients that we're looking for are specific. We are looking for people who want to make a big impact in the world, who want to bring a big vision to the world, who have something that they really want to create. And someone Mm -hmm. who's looking to create six figures to make a significant jump in their wealth, in their financial abundance. Because those are the people that we really want to work with closely moving forward. Because Mm -hmm. we want to make a big impact. So we want to work with other people who are wanting to make a similar impact. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Changing changing the way that you see yourself changes the way you see the world. Mm. Changing the way you see yourself changes the way you see your neighbor and your community. And when you start to value, when you start to value yourself in a six figure level, you start to value other people's time. You start to value your community's needs and you have more freedom, more creativity, more flexibility in order to live the life that you want to have not to just live by default because that's what you've always known. But it takes a different mind shift to be able to do something like this. And that's okay too. It's not it's not a better mind shift or a worse mind shift. It's just different. Mind shift. One of the things mind shift? Mindset. <laughs> One of the mindset? No, I like mind shift. Yeah, I like mind shift too. One of the things that I've always wanted to do while we're sharing our our hopes and dreams here is I've always wanted to do, and I did it one year, but I want to do it every year, is go to Walmart and pay off um, people's layaway purchases during the holidays. Yeah. I did it one year, but I could only afford two people. Yeah. That's awesome. But I want to do it for like the whole store. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I have had... (laughs) I swear I treat my nail salon as my that's my place where I do my generous good deeds. I just want to keep tipping my nail people like above and beyond because listen, nobody's in there, you guys. 
nobody's in there there right now. That's true. I'm I'm half kidding, but I am half serious. And that like, you know, you, you become a vessel for that's, that is my favorite thing about as I've been on this journey and as I've healed my money, my relationship with money is realizing like, no, I, I literally, the more comfortable I get with money, abundance, the more I am just a vessel that literally it feels like spirit works through where I feel the generous spirit coming through me. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can, I can extend myself here. I can pay for this person's whatever. I can get my friend who's not expecting it, this gift that just like, I feel like it's them, you know, without worrying about. And it just, it reflects back out into the world and it's a beautiful thing. And so anyway. It feels way way better than being like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Totally. I'm kind of close. Don't know if I want to buy that blouse. Oh. <laughs> so if this is you, if this is, if this sounds like you, if this is resonating with you and you are, and it's not going to resonate with all of you. It's going to resonate probably with a fraction of you. It's probably going to trigger a lot of you more than anything. Yeah, probably. That's all right. <laughs> but if this. Ask yourself why, if this triggers you, ask yourself why it triggers you. That would be my first thing. As I drink my Starbucks, ask sure. yourself why why it triggers you. What about it triggers you? And then dive in deeply with that. Mm. That's how to get to the root of your money story. Mm. Continue on, Alexa. I was just going to say, if this resonates with you, if you're wanting to make a big impact, if you're wanting to increase your uh, financial abundance and make six figures, then whoop, whoop. reach out to us. Email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com. We're only going to take three people to coach together privately. Um, And we don't do that very often. So it's an exciting time for (laughs) the both of us because we like to work together. Um, So, yep, reach out to us. And uh, the spots will be filled on a first-come, first-served basis. And we're looking forward to meeting you and talking to you and hearing your vision for what you want to create in the world. Yay! Exciting Yay! Stuff. Yay! Oh, also, Uh-oh. wait, hold on, wait, let me read the comments real quick before. Uh, oh, no. Hi, everybody. Okay, cool. Oh, that's so nice. Alyssa says, I like tipping our waitress our bill amount. Oh, that's so Oh, sweet. that's awesome. Alyssa you says, know, sometimes it's the cranky ones, too, and people are like, why? And it's because they sometimes are the ones who need the extra love the most. Exactly. You know, Aww. when I was a waitress, I was the worst. And my tip one time was, when wrote on a napkin, find a new job. I was like, That's Oh, my so God. <laughs> and you did. And you did. You took, <laughs> oh you took God, that I was, tip. I was just the worst. Okay. <laughs> I can imagine you when you're when, when you get overwhelmed. Oh man. I would just shut down and go sit in the kitchen. I wouldn't yeah. even help people. It was terrible. Oh, anyway, man. I digress. Uh, I was also gonna say we did our interview with Einstein, our in-spirit Yay. interview with Einstein for our Patreons. And uh if you're listening to the it was so fun. He was he was so kooky and Ambie, you said he was like your favorite spirit interview ever. He was my favorite so far, yeah. Yeah. I really liked him. He had such a good personality and was funny and um, 
yet. So, um, so if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, we are going to include a little clip from our uh, Einstein Spirit interview, um, so that you guys can kind of get a sense of his vibe and hear some of the things he said. And if you want to check out the full interview, um, you can do that at our Patreon account, Patreon.com/slash/InnerBloomPodcast, uh, and it's linked in the show notes. So let's see, anything else, Ambie, that you want to share? Um, I'm going to be doing free readings, mini readings tonight um, at night. Well, nine o'clock Facebook, eight thirty Instagram, ten o'clock TikTok, and what else? I'm on a tour. I'm on a world (laughs) tour of all the social media platforms. I've got my coffee ready to go. Oh, okay. Abby told me the other day that she literally drinks coffee. What time on Tuesdays? Like eight o'clock. Good God, that is terrifying. <laughs> that is so. She, I said to her, I go, how late do you drink coffee in the day? She's like, eight o'clock on Tuesdays. I'm like, what? what? I was like, if I if I drink coffee past twelve o'clock, I will not sleep that night. So, I don't know. You're some kind of magic. That's insane. I drink coffee normally on a normal day. It's four thirty p.m. Eastern right now. So I know it's not. It's almost five. Anyway, on a normal day, I stopped drinking coffee maybe at like four. Cool. Yeah. Cool. But you also sleep with the bathroom door open, which creeps me the hell out. I can't. The lights are off. Like, what? I have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Like, no way. (laughs) What if there is someone there? What if there is a ghost in the bathroom? There probably is. I see see the nightlight go on all the time and no one walks in there. Oh, hell no. I don't know. I guess I'm just comfy with the ghosts in my place. So, Man, I miss retreats because yeah. I miss waking you up in the middle of the night being like, Alexa, what was that? Did you hear that? Oh, my God. What was that? I don't know how your family, like, sleeps. Sleeps. You all sleep with me, so it's okay. In my mind, like, one of the children will save me. I don't know. I don't know what I think. Yeah. You're great. For someone who sees spirits all the time and that's your job, you're sure you're you're pretty spooked sure, pretty easy. I sure am spooked pretty easy. But if you watch Jamie Edwards TikTok, she's spooked pretty easy too. And so is Catherine. So it makes me feel better. Oh my God. What? Eliza said, Oh my God, no, shut that door. There's one in mine, LOL. Like a ghost. See? In oh my I gosh. have never shut the door in my entire life and I'm not gonna start now. Okay. <laughs> so, sorry. Now it's just a matter of pride. Yep. Nope. No, I, I just did it. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, everyone. Uh, well, we love you so much. And um, we are going to leave you with this clip from our Patreon-exclusive Einstein interview. So with without further ado, please enjoy. He also laughed and said, I'm Einstein. I knew everything. And he's laughing. Like he's I was going to ask, how does he feel about his name being used? You know, like, oh, you're a real Einstein, huh? Like, people use it like that. What? He says it's better than being a Karen. And he laughs. <gasps> Shut I know! <laughs> he says he's just being funny. He's just being funny. Yo, you're, you're tuned in. imagine people in the spirit world being like oh my god she's such a karen 
Like that, like those jokes, like not only is everyone in pop culture, everyone living using this terminology, but they're using it too. I mean, Einstein talking to Tesla. Yeah. Like, oh my God, Mother Teresa is such a Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. Let's move. Let's move on. There's more questions I'm not getting to. Amanda Perez says, what steps would you take to make the world a more civil and healthy place to live? Mm. He said what's, he said that um, he's going back to referencing when he, when he was Einstein and he's saying for the world was a very um, uncivil place when I was alive as well. He's saying that um, all you, all I could do is focus on me and how I can make the world a better place. It's too busy when you focus on others. Mm. True. Okay. Tara says, if you were to relive your life on earth, what would you like to do differently? And what advice would you give to us who are experiencing our human lives during this time? He said nothing, I would change nothing, I would do nothing different because I might not be Einstein. And he quoted that. I might not be Einstein if I change things. Um, he means the name behind yeah, yeah, it, yeah. of course. Yeah. And then he says, um, He's referencing time travel and he's saying that's the tricky part of this. You can't live in the past. You have to be in the present. So time travel is irrelevant. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's the trickiest thing about being human because we spend so much of our time in the past or in the future that hasn't happened yet. And it's like even if you, it's like all those time travel movies where you go back because they want to fix something, but when they go back, they change something else accidentally and then it changes everything. It, it's kind of like everything is sliding scale. That's why he didn't leave his house when he time traveled. He only <laughs> messed with his shoes. Okay. Smart, Einstein. That's why you're Einstein. Um, okay. the best conversation I've ever had. <laughs> Dana said, is it true that you would lucid dream to help with your research? If so, how did you discover this? Was it something you learned and practiced or did it just happen? He's saying he did this as a child as well and he practiced it um, when he was stuck on a problem. Okay. She said, if this was something you learned and practiced, is this something you could recommend others to do? And if so, what is your advice? Anyone can do this in their dreams. Um, you have to take notes on the dream. I feel like writing down your dream. Um, yeah. Taking notes on the dream and then also visualizing during the day and asking questions. Um, and then also taking notes during the day on what you would like to dream about. Interesting. Cool. I've been getting that message a lot for people recently. It's like set intentions for your dreams. Um, Sarah says, someone said the moon is made of metal and is hollow. It is also rusting and is a base for the Galactic Federation of Light. How true is this? And what is on the dark side of the moon as it does not rotate? I can't get my head around this as people have full moon ceremonies, make wishes under the light of the moon and charge their crystals. Blessings. Hmm. 
Yeah, our moon. Mm -hmm. The moon we look at during, yep, the moon you looked at, yeah. It's not the same moon. How is it different? It's been upgraded. How has the moon been upgraded? Is it fake? Okay, but is the moon metal? No, the moon is not metal. Is it rusting? No, the moon is not rusting. The moon is fine. Is it hollow? Yes. And there's meetings inside there? He said perhaps. Are there, can you be a little bit more like, well, maybe yes he's, or no? maybe he's not been invited. <laughs> a tough time. Have you been invited to a meeting? He says he has not been there personally. Okay. He has no interest. Okay. So, well, so the question is, I think this person's question is like, okay, so if the moon is hollow, right. right. And it's not this kind of like what we think it is, how That's does it question. affect us so intensely and how can we charge our crystals under it and all this stuff? Like, is that real? You can charge your crystals under anything you want, he says. Oh, okay. It's kind of like visualization. It's like, it's just a visual thing that helps us. Like, you could also visualize cleaning your crystals and charging your crystals. Things are working all the time in the air that we don't understand. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. He's showing the moon going closer and further away and closer and further away. It's almost like it's giving off some kind of field, like a, like radiation almost. Not that it's giving off radiation. He says that's not it. But it is giving off something. Vibes. It sounds like he said carbon, but I don't – I can't be 100% sure on that one, okay? But it's giving off something. It feels like maybe a chemical is what I misheard. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within.